This morning, uh, before I get into it, I wanted to share uh, something really cool that God spoke to me, and then we'll get into the message. And uh, so this is like your appetizer. Um, so I, w- I was thinking this week uh, just about what I was going to share, and uh, I got reading um, in uh, in the Gospels, and I was reminded of this story. Do you guys remember uh, the first miracle Jesus did? Do you guys know what it was? What was it? Not that I don't believe you, but you're like nervous. Or maybe it's me. Um, so his first miracle was water into wine. And I was reading that, and I thought it was really cool for a couple reasons. The first one is this. When, it, when the story goes that there was, a, there was a wedding, and, you know, there was a party, and they ran out of wine. And so Jesus turns the water into wine, but not just any wine. He turned it into good wine. And I did some studying, and I realized good wine, it goes through a long aging process. 15, 20 years aging process. And in that moment, Jesus proved, not only with his, like, just because it was his first miracle, that he could serve, he could change the course of time with his word. Because the, the, the master of ceremonies or the wedding planner tasted the wine after Jesus turned it from the water. And he, and he said, most people save the, the good wine like for the beginning because that's when everyone, you know, can still taste, right? He's like, and you just get all the bad $1 bottles of wine. You know, you give those when people can't taste anymore. That's the story. And he's like, so you saved the good stuff for the end. The good, good wine takes, takes years. And Jesus, with one word, changed the course of years in one moment. And I was thinking about this this week. How often do we go to God with timelines? Oh, God, I, that bill's coming up. Oh, if I don't hear back from this date. Oh, God, I, I know that you're outside of time and, and you can't perceive it. Sometimes I, I, I don't know if you can understand it, but if I don't get this by this time next week, and we have all these timelines we always give God. I would say it's probably like 80% of our prayers sometimes. And I was thinking this week, how cool is it that our God is the God of time? That he can speak in one moment that should take 15, 20 years to heal that marriage. It should take 10 or 15 years before you feel normal. God can speak in one moment and turn your life around. How cool is that? There's also another miracle where a centurion came to Jesus and he says, Hey, my daughter's sick. I need you to heal her. I need you to come with me. And, and, And Jesus just spoke the word proving that not only is he the God of time, but he's the God of space. And the reminder this morning is this, that you're not too far gone from God. And you're not out of time. There's still time for you. You're not too far gone, and, and, and you're here today. You're on time. God's here. Amen? Amen. I just thought that that was kind of fun this week. So we're continuing our series uh, on seven, um, preaching the last Uh, message of our series on seven. Have we enjoyed this series? Uh, Talking about the I am of uh, what Jesus said about himself. And I think it's cool because I heard a pin drop. I think it's cool because 
When, you know when you have a job interview and they're like, hey, what are your strengths and your weaknesses? You know, it's like the worst question. And I remember being on the other side of an interview and interviewing people. And the point of that question was, do, do you actually know anything about yourself? And, and, and the worst way to answer that, by the way, is, well, some people say I'm punctual. Some people say I'm hardworking. No, no, no. It's important to know about yourself and have confidence in it. And that's why I like this, this series, because Jesus knows exactly who he is. He's not going to lie. And so we get to see a picture of who Jesus is. Hey, Jesus, who are you? Describe to us who you are. And he goes through these seven I am's. The first one was the bread of life. Then it was the light of the world. Then it was the door. Do you remember that one? The good shepherd. How good was that? The resurrection and the life. And then the way, the truth, and the life. This morning, I'm going to continue the series on I am the vine. I am the vine. I'm just going to read and then we're going to pray. John chapter 15, uh, verse 1 to 8. John 15, 1 to 8. Yes, it's New King James. Whatever. I love it. Let's go. I am the vine. I am the true vine. My father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them to throw them into the fire and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask uh, what you desire and it will be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and you will be my disciples. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for your word. God, it's a, it's a lamp unto our feet. It's a light to our path. And so, God, thank you, Lord. We know that when the word of God is preached, that's when you speak. So, God, we, we just take away any distractions from our hearts, and we just say, God, uh, we want to hear from you this morning. God, I pray for myself. I pray that you would anoint my words God, I pray, Lord, that you would get me out of the way as much as possible so you can speak through me so it would be pure and it would be holy. God, we thank you so much in advance for signs and wonders that follow the preaching of the word. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Have you ever guys found yourself in the middle of a conversation uh, where uh, you quickly become aware that you have no clue what these people are talking about? That ever happened to you? Like, just recently, uh, you know, you know these people that are like, they're just like pro-internet news, you know? Uh, and they just, people just, they can't wait to talk about it. And, and you know, I was sitting with somebody uh, just this past week, and we got like talking about something light, and then all of a sudden, like, global economy came up, and, and just like all this stuff, and he's just like talking for, he's like, well, you know, what do you think of that, Matt? I'm like, yeah, you know, uh, I don't know. 
And you can't use the, you know, I was watching the news excuse because that's not worth it anymore. People just judge you. So then I quickly, like, I had to, like, swallow my pride and be like, honestly, dude, I got no clue what you're talking about. No idea. Uh, and, and these conversations are funny because it shows you, like, hey, am I going to sit here and pretend or am I actually going to, like, admit that I've got no clue what's happening? And it's funny when we go through this series because, uh, you know, we get through all the I am's, and they're all so good and so powerful. And then when uh, Pastor Mike was like, hey, you're going to preach on I am the vine, I'm like, okay, cool. I like, I, you know, refresh my memory of the passage, like the passage I just read. And I get finished reading it, and I'm like, what the heck is Jesus talking about? <laughs> like, like, I read, sometimes you could read a verse, and you could be like, oh, man, that's good. Just open up, read a proverb. You can be like, oh, God, this is so great, you know? But sometimes I'm like, man, like they call it the bread of life, the word of God. And it's like, I, I don't know, man. I need to like butter that bread up. I can't eat that right now. Like it's just, I don't know. I, I, I'm so confused. And, uh, and so I just want to remind you today, if you're confused by the Bible, it, welcome to the club. It is sometimes I'm like, man, what is happening in here? Especially in the Old Testament, Come on, book of John, and I still don't know what's going on. Like, So John 15, uh, it's, it's, it's an incredible passage, but the, the picture as I studied it is a, the picture Jesus is painting is one of a vineyard. And I think I have a picture up here. And I was, I was thinking about this a lot this week because I wanted to try and make sense. Jesus, what are you talking about? And as I studied it, I became aware that the people he was speaking to, this wasn't like a, a, a teaching parable. It was more of like an analogy. And so it wasn't meant to be really confusing for these people. And I realized in that setting, in while he was speaking, there was vines running everywhere in that time, on the ground, all over buildings, everywhere. So when Jesus uses the vine analogy... And he's up speaking to people. Literally, people just see vines everywhere. So it's like easy for them to imagine what he's talking about. It's hard for us. It'd be like Jesus here today going, I'm the electricity, and you are the lights, and the air conditioners. Some of you are really cold. And you are, you know, he's just trying to make something easy for people to understand. But for us, it's kind of confusing. But for them, it, it made sense. Oh, a vine. And they're looking around, they see all the vines. And the picture he's painting is one of a vineyard. And I got that because he says in verse 1, I'm the true vine, my father is the vine dresser, which means the vine isn't just growing wild, it's being pruned, it's being put on purpose, it's being groomed. So that means that the vine is there intentionally, that it's not just random, that there's someone taking care of the vine. And so the picture he's painting is one of a vineyard. And if we get on to verse 2, it says that every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And I remember reading this even when I was younger, thinking, okay, he takes the branches away. Uh, i got to bear fruit, otherwise God's going to take me away. And that's what I thought. Uh, and may maybe ma many of you thought the same thing. And, and there was some studies years ago that thought that he, God meant that they were gonna, he was going to take them up to heaven. So if I don't bear fruit, it felt like, well, I must not be much use to God, so he's just going to ascend me into heaven. And there was like a big belief on that. And 
If you look at the original language, the original word, it actually better translates to lifts up. He who does not bear fruit, he lifts up. And again, the picture of the vineyard. See, the vineyards have all these posts, right, to ensure that the vines aren't laying on the ground. And so the, the picture is actually not so much of God saying, oh, that, that branch doesn't have much grapes on it. Well, let's get rid of that one. It's more like, huh, that's not growing fruit. I need to pick that up and put it into a spot where it can see more sun. Maybe maybe it needs more energy. Maybe it just needs a little bit more attention. And so these posts are all through the vineyards to keep the vines out of the dust, out of the dust. Did you know that in the Old Testament, the, the greatest enemy of, of, the, of God's people was the Philistines? Philistines came from this root word in the original language of wallowing, or a picture of you sitting in self-pity with your face in the dust. And this picture this morning is sort of the same thing. Because I feel like, yeah, maybe the enemy of the Old Testament was with your face in the dust as a Philistine, and that's what they called them. But I think that it's the same enemy that we are fighting here today. What's the biggest uh, spirit tormenting our city? Depression, anxiety, fear, people with their face in the dust, not feeling good enough, not feeling holy, not feeling right. And this morning, I want to encourage you with this. If you're feeling discouraged, if you feel like your face is in the dust and you can't get up and you can't look up and you have no hope, feel God picking you up today. He's picking you up and setting you. The Bible says he'll set you in heavenly places. He'll, he'll seat you higher than, than you're supposed to be seated. That's God's heart. The picture is God wants you to bear fruit more than anything else. It's his heart. He doesn't, if, if you're not doing it on your own, he wants to help you. He wants you to be successful. He wants you to be free. He wants you to live an abundant life. So he lifts us up if we're not bearing fruit. He doesn't throw us away. And then in verse 4 and 5, it, it's interesting because it says that the, the fruit, it only comes if you're connected to the vine. And Jesus paints a really simple image for us that if you don't have fruit in your life, it's because of a disconnect from him. And we don't talk about this a lot, right? We think like, oh, I'm struggling, I don't have much joy. And it's like, oh, I'll pray for joy. But the better question should be, are you really connected to God? And I thought about you know, just for the sake of, of, of the same word, because there's also, there's a fruit in the Bible, and it's through the Holy Spirit. It's called the fruit of the Spirit. And the fruit of the Spirit is supposed to be in your life. The fruit of the Spirit's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These are things that should come out of our life when we're connected to the vine. So if I look at the fruit of the Spirit and I think, I don't got much love in my life, Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. If you, if you do some inventory on your own life and you're like, hey, this stuff isn't growing, I, I honestly think the message here this morning is get plugged into the vine. 
It's the only way you're going to grow that fruit in your life. If you can't manage to stay full of joy or you can't manage peace, I think you're plugged into a different vine. You must be plugged into a different source. You must have something else flowing into your life. I don't know if it's a friend, a coworker, a TV show, entertainment. I don't know what it is for you, but if you plug into the true source, the Bible says he will bear much fruit. Much fruit. I need some of that fruit in my life. Let's not make it so complicated, right? The vine's Jesus. What's the job of the branches? And I was thinking about this this week, because again, we, at least for me, I make things so complicated. The job of the branch, in the analogy, is just to hold the fruit and to stay connected. Stay connected, hold the fruit. That's it. Stay connected, hold the fruit. Stay connected, hold the fruit. Stay connected, hold the fruit. And, and it's work because sometimes you feel disconnected. And then you're like, oh, I got no joy. And then you're like, you go searching for joy. Well, maybe I need to do this and this and this. And really, you just got to stay connected. You stay connected. You stay connected. You make sure you get to church. You make sure you get to, to that meeting you set. You make sure you read your Bible. You make sure you stay connected and the fruit just grows. You're the branch. You're not the vine. You're not, you're not the environment. It's not so complicated. Just connect to the vine. I heard this story uh, years ago. There's a pastor in South Korea, and he had this church conference, super famous. His name's Dr. Young Yi Cho. And he has a church with over 850,000 members. 850,000 members. And these are, these are members, like they would have went through like next steps. So not, they're not just average attenders, they went through next steps, and there's 850,000 of them in the church. And he had this conference, right? Invited all these pastors, and, and they go through a couple days of this conference, and it gets to a point where they finally get to meet with Dr. Cho. And they're so excited, and I heard the story from one of the pastors that was there. They're so excited, they sit down in front of them, and they all have so many questions. Doctor, how do, you, how do you have so many people in your church? How do you manage all the buildings? How do you manage all the volunteers? What's your youth ministry look like? And what's your, your senior ministry look like? And, and how are you impacting your community? And what do you do for, for those around you? And, and how did this all happen? And he sits up there, old, old man, in his 80s. And he says, there's two things I do. I read my Bible and I pray. Every day. Minimum one hour. Every day. People are like, wait, we flew halfway across the world to hear that? You don't get anything else for me, Dr. Show? He's like, no. Minimum one hour. I read my Bible and I pray and I don't miss a day. And we look at that and we're like, wow, this guy is so anointed. He's so powerful. He's, he's amazing. Look how much faith he has. Man, just if I could just have an ounce of that faith, if I can just have an ounce of that anointing. No, no, no. All it is is just a guy that knows he's a branch, that knows where his source is, and knows that if I plug into the vine... God's going to make everything work together for good. And it's not about me trying to fight to be successful. It's not about me trying to be amazing. It's just about me knowing who my source is. Stay connected. Hold the fruit. Stay connected. 
hold the fruit. That's it. That's all we got. Stay connected. And it's funny, you look back in the previous messages we talked about where it talks about, you know, Jesus is a good shepherd. You know, all these images are really, I don't know, kind of Jesus saying, like, you guys aren't that smart. You know, come on, you're a branch or you're a lamb. Like, what he's saying is you guys can't do it on your own. So don't even try. You can't make things happen because you're good enough or you're strong enough or you're, you study enough. and you, you can't make things happen on your own. Just know your role. Hold the fruit and stay connected. But think about the image of the fruit because I think of the fruit of the Spirit. I think of love, joy, peace. I think of these things that if they weren't in my life, or better, I guess is better explained, if they were in my life, how would those around me be affected? If our job is just to hold the fruit, how does that work in my everyday life? I think if you're truly connected to the vine, and you truly know who your source is, I believe you just hold that fruit throughout your whole life, and every single person that you come in contact with All you are is just an an orchard, and you're just giving away. Here's some hope. Here's some joy. Here's some peace. It's okay. You can take it from me. I know who my source is. Oh, you hurt me a little bit? That's okay. You needed some joy? Here's some joy. Here's some love. Here's some kindness. Here's some goodness. I'm struggling with self-control too here. Let's, I'll help you with that. Here's some self-control. Here's some kindness. And, and this picture is painted that all of us know who our source is from heaven. And because we bear much fruit, we can go into our neighborhoods, into our communities, into our families, and we're not going to see our neighborhoods lacking because of a lack of joy or a lack of peace, that we can come and just bring it to them because we're the branches. That's what we do. We hold the fruit. We stay connected. There's a verse that I skipped over intentionally, and I wanted to save it until this moment. It's verse 3. And when I read verse 3, I'm like, man, like, what it what is Jesus talking about? For, verse 3 says, You are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. And it's just random. It's like in the middle of, the, of him speaking. And I know that the words of the Bible are inspired by God, and I understand all that. But sometimes I read a sentence like that, and I'm like, man, like, that seems so random. What's up with that little thought, you know? But Jesus is really organized in his speech, so you have to think, what is he saying that for? You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. And I got thinking about it this week. And I think there are many of us, if, if, if you, know, you heard me say, talk about the fruit of the Spirit and talk about being the branches, you feel like this. I can't hold joy. I've made so many people unjoyful. I don't feel like I deserve to hold joy. I've disrupted so many people's peace. I don't feel like I deserve to hold peace. I've disrupted so many people's lives and, and I've made mistakes and I, 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 I can hardly forgive myself. There's no way you're telling me that I can hold joy in my life. So every time that feeling and that fruit tries to come into your heart because you're connected to God, you kind of push it down. 
I don't, I don't deserve to feel joyful. I don't deserve to feel peace. I don't deserve to feel this. Love, I, I definitely don't deserve to feel that. And you, and you just push it down and you push it down. This morning, verse 3 is for you. You are already clean because of the word Jesus spoke to you. You are already clean because of his word he spoke to you. You need to think of that first word God spoke. He knows your name. He knows your past. He knows your present. He knows the mistakes you made and still he calls you a branch. You can still expect God to usher in the fruit of the Spirit into your heart even if you made a lot of mistakes. Even if Maybe you've made people not feel joyful. Maybe it's because, maybe if, you know, you, you feel like, I, I, I can't feel peace. I, I've been a disruptor of peace. Hear the words of Jesus. You are already clean. You are clean. You have every right to get plugged into your source and feel the fruit of the Spirit grow in your heart and grow and grow. Years ago, I was uh, involved with a young adult ministry on uh, on Dalhousie campus, and we would go down and set up a service every single week. And uh, I know many of you were there, and it was an awesome time. And I remember I met this young man one time, and I, I talked to him about his story. He's from India. He became a Christian, and his family disowned him because of it. He moved to Halifax to go to school. I remember I went up with him and I was talking to him like, like how, how, do you, how do you do it? Like his family wants nothing to do with him. He said that he would go to school and his teachers wouldn't let him read the Bible. And he's a lot like some of us. It's like, you know, someone tells you not to do something, so you just do it because you just want to. So he's like, you know what? I'm just going to read the Bible. He read the Bible. Jesus himself revealed himself through the scriptures and he actually said this one line that I changed my life he said I'm reading it he grew up a Muslim I'm reading it and I thought yes we need a Muslim Jesus but it was his heart because he grew up that way and he saw Jesus and he thought yes and his words weren't right like we need a Muslim Jesus that's probably blasphemy I don't know but it was his heart. I want that. He prayed to Jesus for the first time. He met the person of Jesus. He became a Christian. He's like, I don't even care. This source of life is so good. It's so good. And I was speaking to him and, and he's like, you know what I struggle with the most? Like what? He's like, throughout my whole family's bloodline, I can trace it all the way back to Ishmael. So I know that in my bloodline, I'm supposed to be a Muslim. And I got so stirred with faith, because I was like, you don't understand, man. And I want to hear this, some of you need to hear this this morning, that there is a new bloodline drafted through the person of Jesus. 
And it doesn't matter where your family came from and all the mistakes people made throughout the years and all that. It doesn't matter if you can trace back a problem of mental health or or insecurity or addiction all the way back to your great-great-grandfather or whatever it is. There's a new bloodline drafted through the person of Jesus Christ. His blood was spilled on your behalf so you can say, that is my God. And my bloodline is now through the person of Jesus Christ. So now when I look back through my family, it comes back to the person on the tree that spared myself for my sin and my shame. And I began to speak this life to him. And he was so encouraged to say, I've never heard someone explain that before. That there's a new bloodline that we're drafted into as believers. You can expect God to do amazing things in your life when you stay connected and you hold the fruit. Stay connected and hold the fruit. That's your only job. Stay connected, hold the fruit. You don't know what people need during the day. Stay connected. Stay connected. I know it's tough. Stay connected. I get everybody to bow their heads and close their eyes. God, thank you so much for your word. God, thank you, Lord, that we can leave here different and changed and challenged. And so, God, we, we expect, God, for you to intervene this week. God, I pray, Lord, that we would learn to stay connected to you this week, stay connected to the vine. God, I pray, Lord, if we're not bearing fruit, that we'll, we'll feel you lift us up. God, I thank you, Lord, for every single person in this room. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. I keep everybody's head bowed and their eyes closed just for a moment. If you would say, Matt, uh, I've never met Jesus before. I don't know who Jesus is. I have no idea who this person is, but I want to know him. In a moment, uh, I'm just going to invite you to to raise your hand. That's all. We're not going to call you forward. We're not going to embarrass you. If you would say, Matt, I want to meet Jesus today. I want to follow Jesus. I'm not a Christian. I want to follow Jesus today. I'm not sure if I died, I'd go to heaven. I believe that you can know. You can know the person of God. You can know the person of Jesus. So if that's you, if you would say, Matt, I I want Jesus to be in my heart, I'll just get you to raise your hand on the count of three. One, two, three. One hand, two hands, three hands. Just counting to let you know you're not alone. You can put your hands right back down. Why don't we all stand to our feet together? We're all going to pray this prayer. You're just going to repeat it after me if you put your hand up, or even if you didn't, we're all going to pray this prayer together. And it's not like magic words or anything like that. It's just, it's a prayer so that you can, the Bible says that if you confess before man, Jesus says, I'll I'll confess you before my father. If you say that I'm the Lord of your life, I'll, I'll go to my father and say, hey, he's with me. And you can have eternal life. You can go to heaven and you can live an abundant life on earth. I'm going to repeat this prayer after me. Say, dear Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me for everything I did wrong. God, come into my life. Forgive me. Know me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can we give it up for those people that have prayed that prayer for the first time?
so amazing. The Bible says that the angels in heaven go crazy when, they, when, when another person gets to come to heaven because it's an amazing life. Everybody else, I'm going to pray a, f- a final prayer of blessing and, and we're going to go on our way. We're going to have fun. Hopefully the sun's out. I'm believing. Uh, if not, we, at least we have coffee. That's a good thing, right? It'll help us make you know feel a little bit better. Everybody bow their heads with me. God, thank you so much. We thank you for this church. We thank you for this city. God, I pray, Lord, this week we would stay connected to you. God, no matter the distractions that come into our hearts and into our lives, God, I pray, Lord, that we would not be distracted. God, I pray, Lord, we would would connect to you and we would bear much fruit. God, I pray, Lord, for the fruit of the Spirit to be evident in this room. God, I'm believing, Lord, people will come back next week with stories of people that have have felt peace and have felt joy and have felt love and kindness and goodness and faithfulness, God, and goodness and self-control. God, I pray, Lord, that we would come back next week on fire for you. Why? Because this coming week, God, we stay connected to you. God, I pray, Lord, you would use us in this city. Let us be ambassadors for your kingdom. Let us come, every single person we come in contact with, God, I pray, Lord, that we would have a lasting impression for your kingdom on their life. God, I thank you for every life. I thank you for every mother, every father, God, every child. God, I'm believing, Lord, that their best days are ahead of them. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen, amen, amen. We love you. We'll see you next week. Go have a coffee. Go enjoy, hopefully, the sun. All right, we'll see you next week.